Hello, everyone. I am Matt Burton. He has the grace of a swan, the wisdom of an owl, and the eye of an eagle. Ladies and gentlemen, this man is for the birds. I want to tell you guys about Anytime Fitness Gyms. Our partnership with 23rd Street Anytime Fitness just started, and we couldn't be more excited. If you're in central Oklahoma City and thinking about getting a head start on New Year's resolution or wanting to work off the beer and food from Saturday, head to Anytime Fitness on 23rd and Walker next to the Drake Restaurant in Uptown OKC. You get 24-7 access, private parking located behind the building, everything you'd need for your fitness goals. What more could you ask for? Don't worry if you don't live near this particular Anytime Fitness with over 10 locations in Oklahoma City, as well as multiple locations in Tulsa and Dallas, you'd be set. Just come into the 23rd Street location to sign up and you're free to use any of Anytime Fitness facilities 24-7. Tell them you heard about the deal from Through the Keyhole. Be sure to like and share Uptown Anytime Fitness on Facebook and Instagram. Follow them there for updates on deals and other cool activities. The gym is looking forward to over 40,000 upgrades in equipment and amenities over the next year, so beat the rush and join the best gym in town. Join now for the $1 enrollment program going on now through the end of October. Again, that's 23rd Street Anytime Fitness on Walker and 23rd by the Drake. Tell them through the keyhole sent you. Also wanted to give a shout out to all of our new patrons. Thank you guys so much. It goes a long way in helping us. And a special shout out to Vince for uh, hooking the guys up with pizza for this podcast that you're about to listen to. Appreciate it, Vince. Your actions will be remembered for many moons. Just wanted to remind everyone that they can subscribe to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash through the keyhole. For $1, you can just get all of our written articles, written stuff, all that good jazz. For $4, you can get the written stuff and podcasts. We have a bunch of podcasts that come out during the week, like the ones you listen to on Spotify, but you have a couple more during the week on Patreon as well. And then for $5, you get the podcasts, you get the written stuff, and you get film reviews with Keegan, where he breaks down that week's game so you guys can better understand it. Anyways, here is Brady and Keegan, live from Vanessa House Beer Company, on Through the Keyhole. Still running! It's a quarter! CD! Welcome to the show. We're back. <laughs> We're back. Brady Trantham here. King Renault to my right. Matt Burton to my left. Apparently the Thunder aren't playing tonight, so uh, Matt is back. Matt, welcome. Thank you. I was sad to miss on Tuesday. No, you, but no, no, you weren't. I wasn't because I uh, had some good food at Flint underneath the Cold Cord Hotel. Um, so no, I was not sad actually. No, Do they promote this podcast? Flint? I'll believe that out. I'll believe that out. Don't worry. Beep! <laughs> the, the listeners going to be like, man, what did Matt say? What did he say? He what? said he ate, and then they bleeped it out. God. What could that have possibly been? Did he eat a penis? <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I just want to say, I do like, you know, <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> I do like the proximity that we're in today. This, uh, this because is a great we're not We're not place. far away. We're not. Yeah, we're, we could. What? What? If we're not far from each other, if we're not far off from what's that? An where antonym? We're supposed to be. Davis, you're yeah. in college. Is that near? An, an antonym? Are we near? We're yeah. near. We're yeah, near. We're near. Davis, near. Yeah. Uh, Davis Dunkelberger also here. Uh, we're at Vanessa's house. We're in the dungeon. Uh, some of the owners are back here playing video games, and uh, they're just screaming at their 
Yeah, they, they look exactly like me watching the Kansas game. They're looking at their phones. They're generally disinterested in everything that's going on before them. Um, and they just are trying to contemplate whether they should end it all now and get it over with and avoid what could possibly happen or to continue on with this joke facade that we call life. <laughs> Real quick. This is the worst start. <laughs> Real quick. Off the top, I'll, I'll start with this. I don't know if we can give a round of applause here, but the softball stadium is going to be built. Yay! Patty Gasso kicking that asso. Yay! Best coach on campus. Yeah, I know. You, That's you, awesome, you could, guys. you could say Patty Gasso is there. She's not close. She's been there. She's been there. For six years now, right? Then that first, they won the first one of this kind of run in 15, right? She gets paid yep. north of a million dollars, right? She does. She needs She it. should if she, she should, doesn't. She should. I understand why Lincoln Riley and football coaches make S- more money. I, I get that. She should be making more money than Alex Grinch. So she... <laughs> I'm trying to think from the COVID time because she did have a pay reduction and the pay reduction came from employees that made north of a million dollars. So that would add up. Okay. Okay. Well, congratulations to the very deserving softball team. That's going to be a cathedral for softball. I mean, it should have happened two years ago, but it will fit in nicely into the new conference. They're going to dominate that conference. They should. I mean, Florida's good. Florida's good. Uh, Georgia is Bama. Salty Bama's always good. I can – the only reason why I know Bama is that the Fouts chick, that yeah. is, she is massive. Yeah. Not like and good large, too. but um, she's sick, like six – it feels like she's like 6'2", six 6'3". Six Goodness. Yeah, she's a, she's a good too. She's a good pitcher. I bet, so. bet you could plant her on our defensive line. She wouldn't care about getting held. It's a good point. It's okay, guys. I she's, was getting held. She's 6'2"? Okay, so she she could be a defensive back yeah. and not play. <laughs> no, Well, yeah, because Bridge doesn't trust her. We're gonna right. Mo- we're going to move her to corner and play her eight yards off the line of scrimmage on third and two. It's a great idea, guys. <sighs> and that's All where the measurables. All the measurables, we, but I, no trust. I sent you guys a video today, and I, my exact words were? A- NSFW? <laughs> Basically. <laughs> gulps. I- exactly. Yeah. Yeah, Texas Tech running an RPO and throwing it you know, 25 yards down over the middle. It's like, yeah, I, I can see where that's going to happen. <laughs> Guys, literally. They're going to be like, where is Jaden Davis? There is one blueprint that Texas <laughs> Change Tech. Change his number. <laughs> there's one blueprint that Texas Tech has been given from every opponent that Oklahoma has played this year. And they could run it on Saturday or they cannot. They can win on, they can ha- give themselves a chance to win on Saturday or they cannot. And we'll find out on the first drive. Uh, hopefully it doesn't last 12 minutes. <laughs> no, that, no promises. Has OU ever been in a position where the opening coin toss is so important? <laughs> is it not incredible? Win the toss. Like if, if OU wins the toss, the cheer from the crowd that's actually paying attention will be deafening. It'll be it'll rival. Until they defer to the second half and they <laughs> pick off to start the game. Someone just calls the wrong thing. Like, I told you to receive the ball. Oh, damn. So Kansas... If I remember correctly, someone was talking about this this week. Kansas won the toss last weekend and took the ball, if I remember correctly. Yes. Everybody's – like, if they win the toss, they're taking the ball. Texas won the toss. <laughs> but Oklahoma won't win. They, they just but they won the war. Yeah, they did. No, they did. They've won five of them within one possession against the Did Texas FBS play last teams. week? 
They're on a bye. And so and was Baylor. <sighs> yeah, Oklahoma was one of the few teams that has. I think. I mean, credit Allen Kitty. He had the the stat of the stat on this. Like, I think the last team to start nine and zero in the first nine weeks was like 2011 Auburn or something like that. Like that is bonkers. Nine games in the first nine weeks. That is, now I remember. Like I'm going to be honest. Like in the off season when you were talking about it, I was kind of like, man, they've got so much depth. Like that shouldn't be an issue. And now it's like. Well, you had him do a Texas Tech game, and I don't know what to expect from Oklahoma on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, you play nine straight games. Like, I'm not thinking about an injury like Woody Washington's. Sure. I'm just thinking about, like, something like DJ Graham that just – something that nags and keeps you out for a week, and then who knows what your status is afterwards. I mean, do you need a game to get back to your normal self, or are you ready? You know, when you have nine games and no rest in between, that's when it sucks. But – I mean, this defense has not, even with, like, the obvious caveat that guys are out, like, there's no guarantee that even if Woody, Jalen, DJ Graham, DTY just trot out onto the field for play number one against Texas Tech, there's no guarantee that, okay, everything's fine now. We've, we talked about this. It, it started to go downhill before both of them, before DTY and Graham were out. I mean, the first half against West Virginia, and I think a, a lot of people, right, and we weren't necessarily here, but 13 points against West Virginia. That was a great, you know, great performance. They gave up 13 points. Well, you also allowed West Virginia to take what felt like 30 minutes off the clock on the first drive of the game and the second drive or the first drive of the second half. Keegan, they're, they're 14 minutes and a quarter. That's impossible. Well, it felt like the uh, first drive from Kansas lasted 20 minutes on Saturday. So I think that's fair. Sorry to bring you. We're already down. We're down in the dumps. Okay, okay. Let's blame the scoreboard on that one, though, right? The yeah. scoreboard going off. I think the I think the ref had it out. He was counting, you know, this doubly big, fast. This conference hates us. It's got to be something. It can't be that OU was just bad because they, they hate us. They they really hated Oklahoma to not call the holding on the on the reverse and Tyrese Robinson's block in the back on the screen play. And oh God, they had it I'm out. Doing it again. I'm they doing had it, it out for OU. I zoned out. Okay, we already talked about the defense on Tuesday. <laughs> and we held off on your Caleb Williams takes. Whoa, today whoa, to start. whoa, Yes, their takes, their takes, their takes. Because uh, I, I just, every time you say something, Keegan, I'm just going to like, even if you're like, hey, man, it's, been, it's a lovely day outside. I'm just like, oh, fuck you. No, it's not. <laughs> Shut up. Brady's been, Brady's a working man now. So it's post-work. He's come home. I love He's that's angry. a great that's a great song by Rush. That's the only good song Rush ever wrote. <laughs> I didn't know Rush made a song. It's a cool riff. Oh, <laughs> uh, what do you what do, what do we what do you got for me on the uh, Caleb Williams front? Well, you're just wrong, and th- and that's fine, Keegan. It's it's fine. Um, yes, Caleb Williams is how old is he? Is he 13? 19, I think. Okay, he's 19 years of age. He is playing in his third game as the starter. Third game would be this week. Yeah, and he's basically played not even four games total this year. Well, I mean, Western Carolina, so I guess you, we could say he's played about four games of snaps, regular snaps. He's played snap. 196 total this year. I, see, I only counted 180. <laughs> I didn't count it. I was drunk. I'll, I'll I was credit PFF for that. Thank you. Thank you. Anyway. So, Caleb Williams is what he is, which is special and magic and uh, daring, I would say, with the fingernails and the, and the, the taking 
the stealing of the ball from Kennedy Brooks. Like, no, I'm going to come get this motherfucker. And then you sit there and you're just like, actually, guys, Caleb Williams sucks. (laughs) (laughs) And here's why. (laughs) And then you provide no evidence. (laughs) So here, I'm giving you a chance to provide the evidence of why you think Caleb Williams is terrible at his job. And why he's never going to amount to anything <laughs> in life, and yeah, and this is again, this is everything that you said in in our private group chat. Yes, no, no doubt, and no, I think if if people, you know, if those that have watched the all twenty two on our Patreon, that's through the keyhole dot com slash or god dang it, Patreon dot com slash through the keyhole. There it is, and it's you through, know, through one of those holes, <laughs> and. uh I, you know, I, I think, like, the biggest thing, and, and I, I appreciate Lincoln Riley's honesty today and kind of speaking on it, and it's it's just, like, it's one of those things, and I said this in the film review, like, it felt like, and you know how I feel about this game, it felt a lot like Spencer's game against Baylor last year, where, yes, the offense had more success in the second half. Was it, did the quarterback play kind of affect the efficiency and affect how you know, uh, how e- difficult, you know, the, it made the offense look at times. Yeah, I think that that's also true. But like I said, like, this isn't – he shouldn't be in the position that he's in. Like, he, this isn't – he. we shouldn't have to be evaluating him or I shouldn't have to be in this way in, in a sense of, well, now you kind of head into the stretch, Brady, down the stretch where – he's going to have to be able to see zone coverage and he's going to have to be able to have good timing. And he's going to have to make, you know, not take the big plays and, and do this and do that. But he also shouldn't have had to learn that until, you know, he should have had three games of non-conference against nobody next year to learn that. And now he's having to do it in the midst of big 12 conference play. And why, while Oklahoma is on a run to the national championship or what they hope to be uh, a run to the national well, championship. I mean, he here. also should have had a lot of time against Tulane should have had, a lot of time, probably maybe a quarter against Nebraska. Mm-hmm. The offense was anywhere near what we thought of Spencer Rattler was going to make the leap that we thought he was going to make. It is what it is, though. So I get what you're saying. You're you're setting you're setting the the conversation, the argument, whatever you want to call it. You're setting it up. The fact of the matter is, is this is what the reality is now. So Caleb Williams, he's the starter, and yes, it's not how it was drawn up. It's not how it was planned. I don't think Lincoln Riley planned for Jalen Hurts to show up when he was recruiting Spencer Rattler. Um, I think I, I don't think he expected Kyler to have the year he had, and Ky- for Kyler the, to have the year, of course. Whatever that was may, the key thing with that one, whatever it may be. But it is what it is now with Caleb Williams. So now, like we're just left with, even with those caveats, like what do you see? What do you see that I guess OU fan? Super optimistic, positive OU fan on Twitter <laughs> who thinks OU can do no wrong. What what are you seeing that that person is not? Yeah, I, I th- again, I think the biggest thing is just the timing, like in the windows that he's not seeing right now. And again, that's I'm not. I mean, you heard me talk about this for almost a year now at this point with the with Rattler and beforehand. Like there was just the the offense was it was too difficult on Saturday. Like the the seven minute drive that they had to start the second half could have been about four to four and a half the two the second drive that ended in a touchdown or in an interception both of those plays could have been one of them should have been a touchdown and the other one was the interception play could have been a 30 40 yard big run uh the drive before halftime like he misses trevin west on a really simple decision that he could have made well it results in him scrambling around and anton harrison getting a crackback block 
And so with all those things considered, the offense was just too difficult. And yes, like I, I, I'm going to say this, and I, I believe this a thousand percent, Brady. I mean, the offensive line was, we talked about this on Tuesday. We got this out of the way on Tuesday, but was hor- was not horrendous, but they were bad against Kansas. And not they bad suck. in the sense of, like, talent. It's the, and I've said this to you multiple times in the last week, like, it was the, I, I, I didn't know what they were running. The first play of the second half, I stopped it on the film review and was like, I don't know what they're, and it's the first play after half. Like, you got one guy that looked like blocking one scheme, you had the, you have the left guard blocking one scheme or right guard. You have the right tackle blocking one. It looked like the center was blocking a different one. So when everything's kind of discombobulated, and I think like the biggest thing for me, Brady, is that like we're at a point where, and I, I think Lincoln sort of alluded to it today uh, with the little private press conference he does on Thursdays where there's no video, it's really laid back, and he kind of opens up. And I think he alluded to it today. is like he just doesn't – it's unfortunate for him, and I've said this, like – I would rather see Caleb have to be a drop pack passer over the next five games, but that's also not what's going to be what's best for Oklahoma to win. And, you know, we're going to see them play Saturday against Texas Tech. Texas Tech, I, I haven't said this, sent this to you guys. I mean, their zone coverage is off. Kansas State was getting in, like, empty sets, Brady, with five wide receivers and finding guys all over. Skylar Thompson was finding guys all over the field. Middle of the zone, outside the zone, behind the zone. I mean, there's going to be opportunity for Caleb to really grow on Saturday, which is something that we're going to need to see because, again, Baylor, ton of zone coverage, ton of blitzes. They're going to fake blitzes. Iowa State, only zone coverage. Got to love that. We're in the dungeon here, if you can hear that. But it hurts. It hurts. No. It's just a Halloween joke. Um, But – Classic, that's, classic brewery. But that's what that's what we're that's where I would be. And I, I said this, and you, you've heard, you've seen me say this back to you, and Matt's seen me say this as well. Like the efficiency in the passing game hasn't taken off. Like I kind of honestly expected it to, because again, he, his legs and the design runs. I thought there were going to be more of them in the first couple weeks, and there haven't been. And I said this to you on Saturday, Brady. It was almost, and it could be the same way against Texas Tech. It's almost like Lincoln is testing Caleb about how much he knows and how comfortable he is within the system. And then once you get to the bye week, you really tailor it into what he can do really well. And Brady, I mean, the proof is in the pudding. Like, he's your quarterback. But the, the problem is, is that can he, as a 19-year-old, withstand taking 15 to 20 carries a game and getting just beat to hell? Because, but at the same time, their rushing efficiency is just going through the roof. And part of me, I see Kennedy Brooks taking off. I understand that, and I've made some arguments to that, like him being a lot more important player than maybe we've even expected him to be. But those designed runs, I mean, when he pulls it and he's reading stuff in zone read-write, whenever they're doing the designed runs, like those things are adding so much efficiency and opportunity for Oklahoma to win football games that I think that, you know, this weekend it kind of comes out and things are rough again and you know we'll find that answer out on Sunday when the all 22 hits but you know he's gonna have to make a choice where if Caleb is still struggling throwing into zone coverage like really take the ball kind of out of his hands or the decisions out of his hands Brady and like really just kind of run them like what they did in and I said this to you multiple times and I've said it since Caleb got to Oklahoma I mean We've already seen what they're going to do. It's just a matter of them kind of executing it. So with the 2019, the offense after Jalen Hurts. So, yeah, I will say this. I think there was a lot this week, and, you know, I sent you some stuff 
you know, some people I, I corroborated with, and I'll talk about this more on Friday in my Friday post. But, I mean, like, there's a lot of people that watch this stuff on a daily basis that were like, oh, shit, like, what's happened to both quarterbacks at Oklahoma? And, like, again, I'm not meaning that in a bad way. I'm just saying, like, there is that is a realm of thought that's flowing around right now. So we'll kind of see how this progresses. But I'm my worry level for him for the next two years, two and a half years, is very low. He's a hardworking kid. Go ahead. Look, my, my worry level for him on Saturday and then in November is at low. He's shown me nothing to give me any confidence that, yeah, we might lose a game just because he fucks up and has a bad day. With all due respect to the people you're talking to, he's played three games. He's played three games, and everybody shat the bed on Saturday. So to point uh, point it all at one person, even defensively, I think is stupid. Like I, like looking at the Kansas game and just going, man, what happened with the quarterback play? Well, I mean, I like I said, the offensive line was bad. That's why. That's what I mean is like if you're going to point at one person, unless you're talking about an individual performance, like and even with Caleb, Caleb made the plays to win the game. Him and Ke- him and Key Lawrence. Yeah, I mean, I think the caveat to that is like. I mean, Lincoln said this after the game or said this on Monday. I mean, if he does read that fourth down call right, like if he pulls it like he should with the DN crashing, I mean, it's a touchdown anyways. Regardless, if it's a touchdown, it's not just him having to pull it from Brooks. People make mistakes. Oh, yeah, for sure. Mistakes are a part of the game because humans are playing it. So it's really easy to sit back and watch watching tape and say, oh, a mistake was made there. But the play resulted in a first down. So... That's when football comes into play. That was our whole thing, with Sp- or at least mine, with Spencer Rattler. Like He just doesn't make football plays. He can only perform well if everything is going according to plan, everybody does their damn job. If if two of those things, or if one of those things doesn't go right, then you better hope for like an awesome Mike Woods catch on the sideline if, he, if he's able to throw the ball. But I mean, what, again, like I said, like my, again, my, my biggest thing is that like I'm not going to, like my again, the trajectory, kind of like what Lincoln Riley said today. Um, you can go check out John Hoover on his article on SI Sooners about some of that stuff. Like I said today, I mean the trajectory's there. Like I'm, I'm my, I'm just I'm more concerned that one is Lincoln. Like you have to think about this season. You have to think about the next two seasons with him at quarterback. And if you don't want to turn and you know I, again, if he is kind of still struggling this week with you know, seeing some zone coverage stuff like he did against Kansas, like he's going to have to make a decision of what's best for this team uh, and also what's best for Caleb's future. And so, again, like we'll see. Like I'm not – again, I, I, my big thing, and I'll finish with this, Brady, is like it's clear that the quarterback play, if it's not pristine and perfect, that this team can't overcome that. And that's that's just where we're at with this team, that they're just – they're not good enough around the quarterback, whether that's defense, whether that's offense, for for him to have a, a your, him or Rattler have a bad day. Like it's it's really clear. I mean, they well, typically, if your quarterback has a bad day, your offense is probably not going to do a lot unless you've got a badass running back and you're just able to run the ball. Run the ball. Mm-hmm. That, that's that's just how it goes. Do we? Does anybody here know Iowa's quarterback's name? Anybody. I, I do, but that's because I'm a nerd. I, I don't. It's Spencer Petrus. Yeah, like no one knows that name. His mom doesn't even know what his name <laughs> is. If Spencer Petrus, whatever his name is, throws three picks in a game, Iowa probably loses. Uh, Purdue. Like, did he throw three picks against he Purdue? He threw two. Oh, yeah. 
One at the beginning, one at the end, though. Yeah, Very like young. I mean, if your quarterback has a bad day, it's going to require like a team effort to counterbalance that. I mean, we are. Did we mention Kyler Murray's two picks, or was that after we stopped recording last week? When Tuesday? they played Tech. Yeah. Yeah. No, we we mentioned we just mentioned it. We didn't get into this. He throws two picks to start the game off. OU's down fourteen nothing. Then it required some. I mean, that the defense got shredded that night, but they made plays. There was a pick returned. Uh, for a two point, two point conversion. conversion was Robert that? Barnes. Rest in peace, Robert Barnes. <laughs> I don't even know if he's playing at Colorado. Well, remember that one running back that OU didn't offer famously. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> we can only be so negative on one podcast, Brady. No. Or at so, least me. So, yeah, your quarterback has a bad day. You're generally going. It's going to be a tough time for you to overcome that. Caleb, again, he's not perfect. Baker Mayfield wasn't. Kyler Murray wasn't. Everybody makes mistakes. Great teams with NFL talent all over the place make mistakes. So a mistake here or there, a missed opportunity here and there, especially against Kansas, really shouldn't matter. That's why that was a complete and utter team collapse. and Colossal failure. Yeah, and Caleb was a big part of why they were even able to look like how they were supposed to look in the second half. Through the Keyhole is brought to you by Uptown Anytime Fitness. That is Anytime Fitness on 23rd and Walker. The best gym in Oklahoma City, if you ask me, and I know that for a fact because I've been using it for just about two years and I couldn't love it anymore. Perfect size, perfect amount of equipment, and we're even getting $40,000 upgraded equipment over the next few months, so we're excited for that. But it's not too big, it's not too small, it's not intimidating. So for first-time gym users or, you know, if you're out there getting closer and closer to the new year and you're thinking about... New Year's resolutions, new fitness goals. Yeah, this gym is not intimidating. There's never a, a ton of people inside at any point during the day, so you never have to wait for your equipment. It's just the best place, in my opinion, to be if you're just trying to improve yourself in one way or another. And the new owner, Garrett, is awesome, very personable, very helpful, and wants to help you guys out as much as possible. So for the month of October, they're doing a dollar membership sign-up fee. Again, it's a dollar membership sign-up fee for the month of October. Just let them know that you heard about this deal from Through the Keyhole or just from me. Maybe you'll run into me and you can make fun of me. But again, there are about a 1,000 Anytime Fitnesses across the map. So if you don't necessarily live around Uptown OKC, you can just come up here, sign up with this gym with Garrett, and then you're able to use any of Anytime Fitness's facilities. There are a ton in the metro. There's a few in Edmond. There's a few in Tulsa. I was just in Dallas a few weeks ago and used an Anytime Fitness in Seagaville, Anytime Fitness in Kaufman. So even if you travel consistently, Anytime Fitness will still be there to help you achieve your fitness goals. And hey, if you are perfectly fine with how you feel, how you look, all those things, that's fine. But just help us out here at Through the Keyhole and go ahead and like Uptown Anytime Fitness on Facebook and Instagram. Give them a follow. We will greatly appreciate that. But with all that being said, like when you start talking about, okay, is Lincoln going to just say screw it and just run Jalen's offense with Caleb, which would result in success, I can't help but think that you, you say that as if it's a, a detriment, obviously, to the long term or just more of an indictment on Caleb Williams just simply can't do it. And that's where I would just say, no, he can do it. He it's just going to be time. Like, it's just going to take time for me. Like, that's my main thing. Take time for what? For him, to the, the timing. I mean, he was just so late on so much stuff on Saturday. Yeah, he was late on th- stuff against Texas. He was mm-hmm. late on stuff with TCU. Mm-hmm. But a lot of that just kind of comes from his own confidence. I mean, Spencer Rattler, even when he would make good throws, sometimes it'd be like, why did he throw there? 
oh, it's because he thinks he thinks he can do it. I mean, the, the throw to Jaden Hazelwood in the Big 12 title game. Any, like, mortal with a mortal's arm, don't you dare throw that football. The, are you talking about Jaden Hazelwood's the cat, the big catch he made where he got hit? Yeah. Oh, that was an awful decision. Oh, was he, a, was ter- was a, he was terrible down there. I mean, you awful are – Awful decision. He was but, terrible down the stretch But when Spencer year. Rattler is on and he's got good protection and he can deliver the football, he can make throws that mortals can't. Mm-hmm. Caleb is magic. So – does does he take a little too long in the pocket sometimes? Sure, but I'm I, I in your opinion, the slant he threw to Eric Gray against TCU where he stood in the pocket for an eternity and just stepped up a little bit and was just clearly waiting for Eric Gray to break on his route. Mm-hmm. Was that too long? It was again like it was almost his a own, sack. Yeah, it's his own evaluation and like I want to say that clear like you know, we sat on this podcast, I think it was after the Oklahoma State game last year and I basically was like guys like there's some alarming things going on with Spencer and this is not even that yet we're talking about game three like I'm again I just want to say make that clear like my worry level long term is way low I mean I I think this kid has already shown like his ability in the TCU game Brady where he's he's going to use his eyes he's going to process stuff on the field he's going to make he's going to be decisive with his decisions and he, he just he took a step back and learned like that it, it is what it is and I said this to you on, on Tuesday what's funny is that you know, I think there's a lot of parallels to that Baylor game last year. Well, both quarterbacks got the day off on Monday. Yeah, I mean, that's also true, and that's not something I would suggest for a team that's struggling is to have a l- – Lincoln Riley s- talked about that today. I just wanted to make that – and he was like, yeah, if I had to do it over again, I wouldn't do it. So, Well, you say that now. Did he say that after Baylor last year? I mean – Well, they had COVID, though. Yeah, that's that was different. a different reason. But Yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you. I, I, hear, I hear what you're saying. I, I want you to know that. Like, I, I do hear what you're saying – I, I think the, the biggest thing for, like, the offensive scheme and kind of personality-wise, like I said, is that you've got to make the most of this year, whether you think you can win. If you can win a national, if you think you can win a national championship, you've got to put your offense in the best position to succeed. And, again, like, if that – if I mean, Lincoln's got one more game to evaluate that. Like, that's still tough. Like, yeah. that's not enough – that's not enough of a sample size to make that big of a decision, but there's also not enough time for him to wait and see – because if you go down to Waco and, and Baylor commits, you know, let's say commits eight to the run game, like, and Caleb's got to beat them with his arm, like, that does concern me a little bit. But at the end of the day, like, I trust that Lincoln's going to figure it out. Like, that's my big thing. It's like, yeah. he's proven over that, that 2019 year, I bring it up all the time. That is the, I can't believe he went there with Jalen. And I can't believe that he had that in him to get there for an air raid guy to really dive deep into this history of the sport. And Mike yeah. Gundy was kind of right that it was, a, it was a 1980s version of a, of an offense in 2020. But anyways, yeah, I, I hear you. I, I hear what you're saying. I, I just want to, I, I want to know, like, I want to be known, like the evaluation for me is always like separate. Like I evaluated Spencer in a way he started to show signs this year. He f- collapses in the cotton bowl under pressure because of all the reasons we've talked about. Well, I mean, Austin ran the wrong route. <laughs> and all the reasons we've talked about. <laughs> and uh, Caleb comes in and team galvanized around him. And, I, again, he's... His defense realized we could take the month off <laughs> <laughs> after that. I, I, again, I just, I just want to say, like, I, he's your quarterback, and I think there's an avenue that Oklahoma's going to go down here to be able to win a Big 12 title and get to the playoff. And I, I think it's it's kind of clear that that's where Lincoln wants to go with this based off – I mean, he's ran more QB design stuff in the last two games than he has in the last 
year and a half. Well, yeah, because he had a quarterback who couldn't run. Yeah, well. And was also really small and didn't know how to slide. I wouldn't call mm. a lot of design quarterback runs. I mean, I wouldn't call any. I would have thrown at it. At all. If I was if I was like, I would have thrown it like 50 times to start this year every game. But that's also, you want to talk about Texas Tech North. I said I, we couldn't do that anymore after well, Texas. Well, it, it's, it's, it's in the past tense. No, I, I think, I mean, I don't think Lincoln needs to make a definitive like decision on what offensive philosophy he wants to take for the rest of this season. Now, if, if there's a game where Caleb like has like the Kyler Murray experience against Texas Tech, mm-hmm. where he just starts off in the first two minutes, doesn't see a single and linebacker, just, on the just randomly throws picks, <laughs> then yeah, like then you pivot and then you play to the absolute strength that you know. Well, he can't screw up on that one because he's magic when he takes off. So then you pivot on that, but you don't keep doing that. You still give him chances to show that he can. I mean, for every time he stands in the pocket too long or for every time he's missed a guy like Kennedy Brooks wide open, then, like, you turn around, he'll get another opportunity, then he'll go one, two, three, read across the field and make the throw. So it's like he's got the ability. Are there going to be some growing pains because he's 19 and ideally shouldn't be playing right now? I mean, sure. But he's at least shown me in this limited time he's been the quarterback that even when he makes a mistake or two, he's good enough to overcome it. And I thought Spencer did. I thought he showed us that last year, like really against Iowa State in the first the first game. He was really good against I, Iowa State in that game. I, I thought he showed showed us that in the Baylor game. You know, it was just a comedy of errors in that game, but he still kind of picked himself up, and the offense kind of fell in line around that and behind him, and, and they won the game. So all those signs told me, like, man, this is going to be really special for Spencer Rattler this year, and then it just went in the complete opposite direction. So – with that same logic, Caleb can do the same thing to me where I have one opinion and then two or three games, four games later, I'm just like, nope. Sure. It went in the wrong direction. But, but until that time, I'm just like, that dude really can do, like, this is, sounds silly, but he could really do no wrong. He just, he had a crappy first half, but, I mean, half of it was, wasn't was really on him. No, it wasn't. I mean, the offense, the offensive line was just terrible. But, again, they had, what, 10 plays in the first half? <laughs> it's like I think they ran, they ran seventeen. That was my that ten, was they, they had ten. They had the ball for ten minutes. Right. Yeah, yeah. It was a very very limited amount of time. No, it's it is uh, truly awful. But I guess one of the good things, but this was another thing that just kind of failed, was just the running of Kennedy Brooks in the fir- in against Kansas. I mean, I think since October he is averaging seven point two yards per carry. Think that might be right. I saw. I think we we talked about this on Tuesday. They're like yards before a contact, starting in the Texas game. So before a defensive person hits the running back, starting in the Texas game was like going at an exponential rate. And I all mean, Kennedy did was break tackles in I that know, game. I know. And and then Saturday it was back down to one point five two yards before contact, which was pre Texas levels. So is there an advanced stat that goes deeper on yards after contact where like where or where is that contact taking place? Yeah, there no there behind is behind the line or three or four yards upfield. So that's the graphic I was telling you about this offseason. I had I'll should give him a shout out because I'm gonna mention him here later. Parker Fleming put that graph together, I think I sent you all, where it had like yards after contact and it also had yards before like X was like yards you know, before contact, why was yards after contact, like whatever it was. And like Bijan was so far down away from everybody because of last year. And he's now leading the country in that again this year. Like I mean, he's he got it all in that one play that <laughs> to the one yard line where he, I mean, bless Billy Bowman's heart. 
he hasn't been the same since that stiff arm. He, he has. Some of it's not his fault. He's not a cornerback. He he is. He is not a cornerback. It is such. It is such a good bad thing when you are a freshman starter, and then you have injuries all around you, and your coach has so much confidence in you, <laughs> like. Alex Grinch loves Billy Bowman. He thinks like, coach's kid. Yeah, he said what a week or two ago. He's like, when because when he's talking about other players, he just won't say, he won't say anything negative, but he won't say anything positive. Billy, like he, someone brought up Billy Bowman. He's like, oh, he's going to be a great player here at the University of Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. It's like the only player he's like, oh, he's going to be good. Oh yeah. I, I, so he's like, I'm going to banish you to cornerback because you're the only guy I trust. <laughs> One of the few. We haven't even di- we haven't even dove into that yet. We uh we good on the on quarterback. By the way, wanted to say that I think I think we're good. Uh, I think before so. we move over, move move over to the defense. Like I said, I just I want to be clear again. Like I like those evaluations are are gonna try to be as as separate as you can. As Brady said after the TCU game, it's gonna be hard. I don't agree. There was I'll say I I, <laughs> I don't agree with the idea that if I think there's not even there's no disrespect or anything like. Even Alan Kenny like saying like if if Spencer was playing they'd probably be Kansas by twenty eight like I I don't agree with that like I I don't agree that they could have pulled themselves even out of this situation and in in the Cotton Bowl like I even you know at a point even though those are unknowns Spencer Rattler couldn't even beat Tulane by more than a touchdown yeah they were up thirty seven fourteen though what 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 happened at the end of the game there was a long drive on onside kick and a another field goal I think yeah. And he probably should have thrown another interception. Probably should have. Yeah. yeah, no doubt. But, I mean, if they gave out should-have trophies, oh, you would have a lot of those. No, they would this year if they uh, should Hell have all stopped, time. stopped Quentin Johnston on the couple deep balls. Chuck Long kept running the ball against LSU in the Sugar Bowl. They're going to be – They're going to put be. in Paul Thompson. <laughs> they're going to be fine offensively. I, I, I truly I, – I have full faith in Lincoln. He's shown at time after time that he's going to put this offense in the best position to succeed. And like I said, maybe – I let, let me before so we get on to the Texas Tech game. Are you? I want to see again. I I know he struggled a little bit last weekend in the things I'm talking about. I kind of want to see like they could run for 300 on Tech this weekend and with no no problem. Like I've got I, I Tech's think, rush defense not terrible. I mean I don't think they're any good at all. Well, not no I don't think that they're I th- I mean Kansas was terrible and they <laughs> were just stonewalling. I think they're Brooks. 80th or something like that in. Like EPA per rush and 110th in EPA per pass or something efficiency rating nerd stuff, but yeah, they're I mean they're better against the run than they're against the pass, but they're really <laughs> bad at both of them. So I think they could run it for whatever they want to this weekend. But part of me again, Brady, is like there's going to be holes in this coverage where Caleb can attack, and I think it would be a great boost of confidence if Lincoln trust him to find those places. And I kind of want to see him again, drop him back and see what he's made of for one more week and, and kind of see what they have before this final stretch. Well, he clearly doesn't trust him because he just never praises him. He was never, asked. Never says anything nice about old Caleb. He was he was asked about that today. This is so silly. Not that he was asked because, I mean, it's been such a glaring thing that's been going on since he came back and helped the team win the game against Texas. <laughs> but I'm glad somebody asked. Who asked? Do we know? No, no clue. No. Somebody finally asked, like, hey, why aren't you praising Caleb? Like, why are you so hypercritical of him, whereas in the first five, five and a half games of the season, you were like, oh, we're close, or that 
interception that Spencer Rattler threw against West Virginia, that was one of the better throws he's had all night. Like, y'all just don't know. What? So that happens, and then Caleb comes out, and it's just like, oh, the two-point conversion was the best play of the game, the most important play of the game, uh, TCU. Oh, I mean, he missed some things, blah, blah, blah. It needs to improve, but he played well. And then Kansas. Yeah, I didn't see that awesome play that none of us have ever seen before on that fourth down. I, I was I was getting a hot dog. But credit to Kennedy Brooks. But, <laughs> but credit to Kennedy Brooks for, for letting go of the ball. <laughs> Even though your quarterback just yanked it out of his hands. Now look. Th- th- to make a game-saving play. We're, we're all not dumb here. We're, I mean, we're, no. I, I'm kind of dumb. But collectively, no, the four of us have an average person's IQ, I'd probably say. So, it's understood. Lincoln had to coach Spencer Rattler differently than he had to coach Baker, Kyler, Jalen, and now Caleb. Spencer clearly struggles when uh, pressure mounts, and that can kind of come from criticism. I have no doubt that Lincoln Riley probably criticizes him behind closed doors, you know, in film review. Oh, I hope he did. I uh, hope so. I mean, I hope so. Yeah. But this just kind of comes from the the same cliche of, yeah, Lincoln's not going to throw any of his players under the bus. You know, he's just not going to do that. So publicly, he holds Spencer Rattler's hand, treats him with kid gloves, and Caleb, it's just nothing but I, I want more, essentially. Like, mm-hmm. he's not doing everything I, I need him to do. So clearly, what, what that tells me is just, well, Caleb can, he's a big boy. He can, he can, handle, he, he, it. He can handle that, whereas Spencer couldn't. Sure. And it's just, I understand that. It's just still frustrating. Like, after that fourth down play... Mm-hmm. We've never seen anything like that before, and Lincoln's like, "Yeah, credit to Kennedy." And, well, and the, <laughs> yeah, and the first thing he said on Sunday about that was that, well, and kind of the same thing I said the second ago. I was like, "Well, if he actually did what he was supposed to do on that play, he would have scored a touchdown." I, again, it's just you can be funny with that, like on the side, like on the midfield interview, you could be like, you can be sarcastic about that. But, but this speaks to a it speaks to a, a bigger thing too. We talked about this on Tuesday. Like, I think he hears you guys. Like, I think he hears everybody, right? But, like, he's not showing that he is hearing his his own fan base and people that are driving his players in IL deals for the most part. And, I again, like, that's that's part of this, too, that, like, it goes into this weekend. It goes into how the fans react to yeah, how Benito, the performance. Nick Benito drove down to Ardmore in Crocs. What was it, $42,000 vehicle? Something MSRP and Adrian Peterson wept. Do you remember the AD so car the, story? No, he was driving around with a uh, lended, like what was it, Chrysler or a Charger? <laughs> for you know, like you can get a car lended to you, like in the event that your car is sure. in the shop or something like that, and that usually is like a day or two. You know, I think AD had it for about a semester. He had the <laughs> same Hertz rental car for six for four this months. A Fifty thousand dollar car. And then it was returned once people kind of became privy to it. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. So Sometimes, it, you know, it might have just taken them, you know, too long to fix the car. It he was, was busy. It was, a, it was a Murphy's Law situation, yeah. the snowball effect. He was busy. It, I everything remember, broke on the car. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember, and I think I actually sent this to you, Brady, whenever it happened. But and love Neville Gallimore to death. Love him. I've and never for, met him. He's a great guy, by the way. And... uh he posted on Twitter like two days after the season ended and was like having to get rid of my baby. And he posted a picture of it. And it was like, hopefully I'm he wasn't it. in Texas when he said that. 
hopefully not. And uh, it was like, I, uh, or he basically <laughs> he got me frozen on that one. <laughs> um, I, and, oh, he said, he's you got to get rid of my baby. And you open the Instagram and it's like a brand new vehicle. And I'm like, oh, Neville got one too. Yeah. So, well, Nick Benito got his. Uh, yes, I'm with you. It is it is very apparent of what two guys are capable of dealing with on a much larger stage. And I said this to you, and I've said this to you before. Like, it's no surprise to me that Caleb can deal with it. He played in the most difficult high school. I know Texas football people are going to drive me nut, drive them nuts at the the most difficult league in high school football in the country. He played in, uh, maybe outside of the private schools in California. He was a star up there. I was told that people in Baltimore, in the DMV area, for my story, that it was like people were talking word like knowing of Caleb Williams the equal way they know and just non-Ravens players. But Trey Mancini is like an all-star kind of player for the Baltimore Orioles. Like people, what I what I was told is people knew who Caleb Williams was as much as they knew what the Baltimore Orioles' best player was. So he's been dealing with well. this, Brady. <laughs> Brady. I did read something in the Times that said something about how baseball's view- viewership numbers are dwindling. No, 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 no. I'll pull no. up the article. I uh, do it, do it. They uh, they're having the best postseason they've had in like three years this year. It's like a plus. It's like seventy five percent viewership over the last since the finals. Is it New York Times? Anyways, they're owned by... No, that's the Washington Post is owned by Bezos. It's a liberal rag. It's, it's owned by... I was going to go there. Um, but no, <laughs> back on tech a little bit. I I don't know what to expect, Brady, but I have a feeling that Lincoln, offensively, Lincoln's going to let Caleb cook, right? Like let Russ cook kind of thing with the Russell Wilson thing. Like see if he can do it for one more week and then... Kind of experiment with some stuff. They've the they're getting into this quads look now, motioning like a tight end in and running this QB design run stuff, which is really really fun. And I think it's going to be really successful for them as they go on throughout the rest of the season. And so yeah, I, I again I I just don't know what to expect because like Texas Tech's defense. I mean I'll just let's really quick here. They're 19 and 95 on the defensive line. Pop 95 is a nose tackle. He is pretty physical. He's a pretty good player. 19, high motor guy, off the edge. But it is a, a version of what they've seen from Kansas State. They don't have Kansas State's defensive line. Linebackers are okay. Colin Schooler, the guy that transferred from Texas to Tech and immediately played last year, which is still one of the weirder stories in college football a year ago. Uh, he's back. The Rico, I believe Jeffers is his last name, he's from Saatchi, Texas, the guy that I liked out of high school. He's still playing down there. And then their, their secondary is big. I mean, 6'1", 6'2", big physical guys. Their zone coverage sucks. They don't play much, man. If they don't commit eight to the run game, their run defense sucks. Uh, their linebackers are average. They have no depth on the defensive line. So, there you go. There's your Texas Tech. There's all you need to know about the Texas Tech defense. And, again, I think that creates an opportunity, Brady, where if Lincoln says, okay, Caleb, on this route <laughs> – over the middle of the field with this guy into this coverage is going to be wide open because Kansas State, I am not kidding you. So TCU beat Texas Tech and ran the football on them all game. Kansas State was lining up in trips. They're lining up in quads. They're lining up in empty. They're getting in five wide, and they're throwing it all over their ass to open receivers. So Oklahoma offensively should get whatever they want on Saturday. But as we know, 
there's always a caveat to this is the 2021 Oklahoma football team. Yeah, right? so why do I feel like Sonny Cummy's going to get a five-year deal on Sunday to be the head coach for Texas Tech? <laughs> they are a very RPO-based offense. They throw a lot of quick game. They have kind of started to utilize this new backup quarterback. And just like OU did with what the West Virginia program of conning them into thinking, I mean, rest in peace, Bill Stewart, God rest his soul. Uh, but OU conned West Virginia into thinking that Bill Stewart was going to be a good head coach. They gave him a big deal, and then West Virginia hasn't been the same since, you know, obviously Rich Rod left, and now, I mean, hell, they might do it again with uh, Sonny Cummings, like Texas Tech. Like, oh, man, we found our head coach. We found the next league. Oh, three years from now. It's like, no. Well, I mean, they are looking for Art Bryles. Well, no, like, isn't the president going to nix the deal? I mean, I can, from our tech folk that was telling us some stuff during realignment, Brady, they basically were like, yeah, that's not happening. So, anyways, I, I was just entertaining groups, the I told idea. my group chat this earlier today. If they hire Art Bryles, that will, want, that will make me want to stay in the Big 12 longer <laughs> so that we can defile Texas Tech from now until the end of time. Because, oh, you got Art Bryles back in the end, but that was, what, only one time? 2015? 2015 when... I mean, they, they, uh, they beat Art Bryles like three or four times before RG3 had his miracle year and, you know. I thought Jarrett Stidham was going to be a superstar. Poor guy. Bless his heart. Is he not... He's no longer with the Patriots. He is not. No. No, he's not think he's on a team either. What <sighs> Davis Dunkelberger said. Yeah. No, if Tech acts, actually hires Art Bryles... They're not. They shouldn't. But I... I understand the temptation of it. I'm sure that some of their donors do too. We're just so di- like, again, everybody out there listening that doesn't like OU, if you're a Texas Tech fan, OSU fan, your recent success has nothing to do with your uh, ability and ability to move to another conference when the Big Twelve dies. So if you think if we are hire Art Bryles and start winning ten games, then the Pac-12 will finally call us. Like, no, they won't. No, that's not going to happen. It will not happen. So just promote Sonny Cumbie already because he's going to look awesome on Saturday. Now, will that result in a Texas Tech win? Maybe, maybe not. I don't think so. They can they can definitely uh, they can definitely like make things fun on Saturday. I think that's the word I used two weeks ago. I think I, I want to see Lincoln fun. Riley and Sonny Cumbie just getting a fight at midfield. Well, that would be more aggression than his team own team has showed in the last two weeks. Alex Grinch would be five yards away in a boxing match the entire time. God, he sounded... Have you listened to his press conference this week? He sounds like a defeated man. Sad. Poor guy. He put himself in... He knew what situation he was walking into, though. He knew what he signed up for. And I remember, like, when Mike was fired, Mm -hmm. I remember thinking, unless OU gets lucky, hits it out of the park with this next hire... Even if that's the case, well, that guy's probably going to get the a head coaching job after year two or, you know, definitely year three, which is what we all kind of thought Alex Grinch was going to Ye- endure <laughs> this season, which probably won't happen now, but you right. know, who knows? Uh, again, like I said a few weeks ago, if you pay attention to Alex Grinch's defense at OU over the last few years and then you look at it now, it's like there are reasons why this is probably happening. So Alex Grinch is... The def- I give the defense a little bit of a, I understand, but um, I'm withholding complete judgment until guys come back. But I remember thinking when Mike got fired, like, 
I don't know if the next guy is going to get it done. It's going to be the guy after that because sure. so much has to be change, and so there has to be success on the field to help increase the reputation of the program and that side of the ball. Develop guys so you can get better recruits on the recruiting trail, and then by that point, even with the improvement, like you're you're improving from negative fifty. So just getting to zero, yeah, you might have marginal success here and there. Your defense might win you some games here and there, but you're still at zero. And I don't think OU's defense is at zero. I just think that we were kind of blinded by the last two years where the offense had its successes, the defense had its successes. But at the end of the day, they're still rolling out DTY-level talent, Patrick Fields-level talent, Brian Asamoah-level talent. And that's the talent that OU had to basically settle with at the end of Mike Stoops' run because it had been run into the ground. So getting a Gentry Williams, a Dendy, like all these guys they're getting now, Latrell McCutcheon last year, that comes from success on the field in the present. And so you're not just going to get those guys with a brand-new defensive coordinator day one. So there was going to be some time. And all I'm trying to say is like just trying to add perspective to, like this has been a shitty month defensively. I get that. But OU had not – we have not figured it out. We have not got there yet defensively. I've appreciated the defense. I've enjoyed watching the defense play over the last few years, even this year, especially the first four games. But I, I was in, under no, like, under no understanding that, oh, yeah, we're a defensive school now. Like, it, there's still so much that needs to happen. There is. And – I think whenever you look at what they're going to be or what they can be, like, moving forward, like, it's just going to take adjustments, Brady. I mean, we've talked about it since Tulane game. I mean, I I think the the idea that t- people were just going to ignore the Tulane game or the Nebraska game, man, and just be like, oh, yeah, let's do something different than what those guys did despite their success. Like, it just says it wouldn't make any sense not to do that. Which is why the point this weekend is so intriguing, Brady, in terms of, oh my God, the blueprint is there and Texas Tech is based on that offensively. And I think that's what a lot of concerns are kind of heading into this weekend. And I think that that's where a lot of the concerns are kind of moving forward of, well, it's been the same stuff that's been beating you for a week, for weeks now. And there's been no adjustments made and there's not been this, there's not been that. So... Yeah, I think whenever you look at, you know, some of the players that are playing, some of the players that haven't been, I would say DTY, missing DTY has been massive, way bigger than what I could have imagined it be. And one, I, I do think that that speaks to, you know, maybe some f- truer form of some misses early on and, and during whenever Grinch was here. And But at the same time, like, again, my I've said this to you, I, I truly believe this. I've said it every week for the last really last three weeks. Their rushing defense numbers are so good. I don't know. Jason Kersey Athletic pointed out that that kind of yards before contact number I was mentioning earlier has risen each week over the last five weeks. But the diff- the, the thing for me is like, oh, well, the efficiency numbers when people rush it have continued to be elite. So that tells me the defensive line's been good. For one, that's how I would interpret that. That the defensive line's been good. It's finally the linebackers, the play has really started to affect them. And, you know, those things have to continue to improve. But, yeah, I, I mean, Bray, this isn't a, like a hot seat. I, I, people, I think people are still in a little crazy with that stuff of like, well, like we was, fired Mike Grinch or Mike Grinch, Mike Stoops. Wait, <laughs> Mike. wait, maybe that's where it, 
that this isn't the real Alex Grinch. Breaking news. Uh, it's Mike Grinch. <laughs> <laughs> and I think so a lot of people takes were, his mask off and it's Mike. No. I think a lot of people were, you know, are saying right now, like, this is Mike Stoops got fired for this kinds of stuff. Let me remind you, the 2018 defense was 84th in the country in SP+. They're currently, like, 56th. And let, there is a massive difference between those two things. Yeah. I think there is – I would – and I, I thought I've been talking about buying and selling teams and units all season this season. I would buy Oklahoma's defense where they're at right now, and I think that they're going to continue to improve. But you kind of got to see it, right? Like that's, oh, yeah. Like, that's my biggest thing is that with this team moving forward, it's like, you, let's see it this weekend, Brady. Yeah, For the love of God, put a game together. It'll be so funny when Jalen Redman just walks out there and the defensive <laughs> line suddenly looks badass again. It's like, oh, okay. And then that trickles up to the linebackers not being shown a spotlight on how average they can be. And then the secondary doesn't have to uh, cover that long. And if also if DJ Graham comes back, then – you know, maybe Grinch can be a little bit more aggressive with where he lines up his cornerbacks. But I, I think the last thing defensively I wanted to talk about before we uh, get Matt in here to read some patron answers from the Monday post, because we had to hold that off on the Tuesday show because Matt infamously was not there. He was off doing other things, having more fun with his other friends who he loves more than us. This, Thought, is, this is where. Oh, you, what? Sorry, no, no. Uh, no, no I love you guys, guys, so much. I'll I love, you guys love Josh so getting more too. Trust yeah, me. I'll give oh, you. Yeah. I'll give you free food at my apartment. It's just gonna be peanut butter crackers. That's fine. There you go. Deal. And please, please have a pizza from our awesome, awesome listener, Mr. Vince. Yeah, shout out Vince yeah. for that, by the way. Huge bonus tonight. Yeah, I ran into Vince uh, on my birthday down in Dallas at Katie Trail Ice House. Nice. And it's a small world, you know. This is one of the fun things about doing something like this is you get to make some new friends. Like, I didn't know who Davis Dunkelberger was a year ago, and now I do. Mm-hmm. 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 Now he's, he's giving me a look that uh, is it's, it's, uh, it's downright shocking me, and I'm going to try to move on. Now, before we get to the patron answers from the Monday Post, um, your good friend Joshua Question on the Unofficial 40 podcast brought this up, and I was like, yeah, I know. that, that That's the case. Um I think everybody's kind of in agreement that the one player who has shown improvement week to week over the last you know, October is Key Lawrence. It went from he busted against West Virginia and got his ass chewed out by Alex Grinch at like the fucking 25-yard line and got benched as a result, would drop interceptions here and there, miss some tackles here and there, but he has slowly but surely improved, and he was the best player on defense. He was really good on Saturday. He was, Yeah, it wasn't just he was okay in a sea of suck. No, he was – that was the standard. He stood out. Yeah, yeah, he stood out in a very positive way. And for all the greatness that Caleb Williams had in the fourth quarter against Kansas, uh, all that's probably moot if Key Lawrence doesn't get that strip. As weird as that sounds, mm-hmm. OU would have probably needed some more magic from Caleb Williams <laughs> in order for that to happen and uh, result in a win. So Joshua Cushion was setting up the thing about, okay, like there's that report from Parker Thune about Key Lawrence lining up at cornerback this week and – yeah, 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 yeah. That wasn't so, a, that wasn't a growl at Parker, by the way. Well, he's Josh is setting this up as okay. If DTY comes back, why don't you just Jaden Davis is what he is, which is good. He just got cooked one day by a really fast guy, mm-hmm. a guy that's faster than him. Other than that, he's fine. M- makes tackles, and occasionally can break up passes in one-on-one situations, or he, hell. 
Throw out Latrell McCutcheon out there. He's really good. And Josh even pointed out the one pass breakup that he had against Kansas, which was probably the other good play defensively that we saw that day. PBU so you on a uh, slant, by the way. Yeah. So Josh is just setting up the situation of why don't you just put DTY and Key Lawrence at your safety spots and keep Patrick Fields off the field? Because the thing that we always talk about with Patrick Fields, who's had a, a really good year considering our expectations for him were low. That's why he's had a good year. It's because it's just been shocking. Uh, but Josh also pointed out, like, the thing that we talk about with Patrick Fields is, oh, he's the guy who lines up everybody. Josh is like, guys are like have no idea where they're supposed to be half the time. So he's not even doing that. I think he gets the calls in. I think that's the... So he gets the calls in. Can Key Lawrence or DTY or somebody else not get calls in? I mean, I'm still shocked it's not a linebacker, but I don't know if that's a... Yeah. I don't know if that's been a... That's a Grinch thing, like going back to his days at Washington State or what. But, I mean, I'm with you. I, I want to say, like, the... I said this before the season started. If I was going to play a secondary this year, this is pre-knowing what Jane Davis was like this season, I was always on team, oh, get Davis and Graham at corner, get Washington and Turner Yell at safety, and play Key Lawrence at nickel or something. Of Get those five guys on the field because those are your five best players. Like Find a way to get it done, get them all on the field, and make it look good. Well, now... Like, you're looking at this situation, and Brady, I just, I don't really see, like, we say, I've said this all the time, if you were not talking about Pat Fields, that's a good thing. It's kind of like a catcher in baseball or, you know, kickers in sports or long snappers in, in football, whatever, whatever it may be. Like, if you're not talking about Pat Fields, that's a good thing because that means he's where he needs to be. He's getting the calls in. People are fine. But it continues to be a conversation because he might have been Oklahoma's best DB for like two weeks. And that's a problem in itself besides the Kansas game. Like that could be a problem in itself when that happens. Yeah. And good. Now, I mean, Key Lawrence can screw up and show that, no, he's he not made busted last weekend. Yeah. I think on the touchdown, the final one, but oh, I again, thought that was Justin sure. Royals. It, I can't figure out if they're trying to play cover three or cover two. I again, I, there's a lot that you don't, I don't have answers for. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, again, Key Lawrence can just show that no, that was just kind of random, right place at the right time. He's not necessarily improved like he incrementally, like it appears, and so that could be the case. But if he is improving, it's just kind of the philosophy of just get all the best players on the field, the guys that can make football plays. Patrick Fields has, does he have a pick this year? No. He does not. He's had a few t good tackles in the run game. He's also looked like Patrick Fields a lot. But he's winning like a student award. So, I mean, congratulations to him. That's badass, though. I want to give him a no, shout no, out that, for that. That's good, but this is uh, a football podcast, so we're sure. talking about the football prowess here. No, yeah, no doubt. No, no doubt. I just wanted to note that that is so prestigious. I, again, I, I can't even spell prestigious. Surely. Thank you. Word correction. <laughs> Whatever it's called. No, anything else defensively? I mean, I just they gotta gotta make adjustments. Can't take till I pointed out this week. I don't know if you got into the defensive review yet, but I, I I mean, it took till midway through the second quarter for them to adjust again against Kansas. I just don't I I, I don't understand that Brady. I don't know where that kind of came from, and I it's kind of shocking. Like I I think that again you fall so in love with things that are working. 
that it's hard to adjust from those things. So uh, regardless of that, no, I, I expect Texas Tech to attack Oklahoma in the way that, Matt, what do you think they're going to do this weekend against Oklahoma? Texas Tech? Sorry? Yes. They're going to throw it all over. Brady? What? What do you think they're going to do this weekend? <laughs> what do you think Tech's going to do this weekend? Uh, RPO. We all know it's coming. Stop it. Just stop it. Find a way to get a stop. Stop that stuff. Because if you can prove it this week and you can put it on tape, these players regain the confidence of this little BS that's beating them. These players regain that confidence of that stuff can be fixed. It can be corrected. It can do this. It can do that. So, anyways, that's where I'm at with the defense, Brady, of staff make adjustments, get players in the best position to be successful, and two, Everybody and their dog knows what Tech's going to do on Saturday. Stop it. Defend it. And, and find a way to get the job done. And if you do, you can feel pretty good about yourself heading into the bye week before the three biggest games, I feel like, that's anticipated Oklahoma and a three-game stretch in three years since 18 down the final stretch. I think they played West Virginia, Oklahoma State, and somebody else in 18 that was ranked. So, um, anyways, yeah, that's where – that's my final word on this defense. We'll kind of see what they make of it this weekend. Got a score? I said this to you earlier. This is one of the – This is the hardest game. This has been the hardest game. Not that we've been right on uh, many of these, <laughs> but at least we felt confident in our score prediction on Thursday. I'm like 40% against the spread this year. I mean, it's been bad. Um, I In my head, Brady, I had 55-20 like, coming in. Oh, man, people would be excited. That's how low this defense has been. People would be like, yes, we're going to kick your ass, Baylor. <laughs> and then I looked at Parker Fleming, stats of war on Twitter, his uh, projections for this game, 17 points. SP Plus says it is 14. Oh, he's a 19.5-point favorite. I can't go 55-20, so I'll go a little bit lower, and I'll go 48-24. I think they cover this weekend. Burton? Uh, 49-38. I don't think they cover. Oh and my lord! This uh, you want this us to melt out on Sunday? I'm just saying the OU defense. They haven't shown me anything that they can <laughs> stop. What, anything that Tech's going to do. So, <laughs> if that's if that's true, I'm so glad this is not a night game. I, I that is a podcast. I don't want to record it two in the morning. Oh lord! I just like let's get this the fuck over with. No, I'm just <laughs> saying. I'm I'm just going off what I see. I mean, I haven't seen mm. anything that tells me you. they're going to stop it. So I'm I'm so, not going to pick them to cover, and I'm going to. Pick them to uh, give up, give up a lot of points. Well, let's say Jalen Redmond, DJ Graham, DTY, are DTY. We I think those three. Let's say those three come back and there's, they're basically just the same player they were prior to injury. Does that do anything for you? Yeah, a little bit. It does. It does. Especially stopping stopping the run for sure with Redmond. I think, I think Isaiah Thomas inside is good in theory. Like and it's, it's good. good in spots. It's good in pass rushing too. It's good in, in spots, but. Isaiah Thomas, what, 265-ish, 260? And running that in the interior def- defensive line, that can, you know, I don't know. I think I don't think that that's, like, obviously I'm not, like, sitting here ragging on Isaiah Thomas. He's one of the best it's a nice uh, defensive wrinkle. players in the Big 12, I think. And it's a, it is a nice wrinkle, but you see, you know, the kid from Kansas just running it six yards up the gut every single time he gets the ball. Hey, gap, hey, gap, hey, like, gap. Holy A-gap. shit. So, anyways, no, I, 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 even with all the guys coming back, I'll still stick with that just because this defense has been in a free fall. But who knows? Maybe that's, maybe that's the pick-me-up they need. They need to get those three guys back, and hopefully that, 
you know, changes all of the errors that they've been having. I'm going to say 42 to 28. Ugh. Ugly. Oh. Ugly. Because, you know, I think those three players will come back. I just don't know how effective they'll be after having a month off, except right. for DJ Graham. And even if, like, even if people that are on the line of, and I don't know even where I can stand here, Brady, but people are on the line of, well, like, you know, I've mentioned that the West Virginia game, it was already getting bad, like, before those guys got hurt. Not Redmond, um, but everybody else. Like, before those guys got hurt, like, it – you know, it kind of started to go down to the dumps. If you're saying that, I get it. If you think that this defense becomes a top 30 unit with these guys coming back, I could believe it. This is the crate. This is the most confusing game. Like when it came out and it opened as OU as a 22 point favorite, I'm like, what the fuck? Where are they? Yeah. What are what are what are what is wrong with our data this year? Is basically what comes to my head. But anyways, I uh, I'll stick by that. I feel I feel pretty good. I I, I think that. I think that they cover. I just I, I've said to you guys now for an hour. I've said to some of you guys some stuff today. I have zero confidence in Texas Tech, which is why they'll show up and play well on Saturday. Yay, yay, Matt, take it away with our patron answers from Monday. This week's question: Brady asked you guys to give him a horror movie comp for the 2021 Sooners. He said he wanted movie names and reasonings character slash player comps the works told you to add as much as you wanted and here were your answers sooner doc 01 put a couple of them says dr jack nope that's too easy misery uh, the descent the lost boys scream basket case bunch of good ones there from sooner doc one mark h says this team is the geico commercial that makes fun of the texas chainsaw massacre the teens are the fan base running around looking for excuses for the defense. Let's blame Justin Broyles. No, it's injuries. Why can't it just be systemic cultural issues stemming from scheme and lack of leadership? Are you crazy? Let's just keep blaming Mike Stoops. Yeah, good idea. Meanwhile, Leatherface slash the inevitable November loss is hiding behind the chainsaws. Voiceover. When your team is underachieving and you don't have any answers, you make poor decisions. It's what you do. Geico. Joseph Pogue says, House of 11 Corpses. Grinch is Captain Spaulding. He has interesting things to say, but he looks a lot like a clown recently. Winfrey is Otis and has flashes of importance, but mostly impotence. Benito is Baby and is the spark to the narrative, but gets a little too much screen time in the wrong scenes. And Manning is more human than human, apparently. Travis Crosby says, What's your favorite scary movie? Oh, you know, the one where Oklahoma's defensive front can't get any pressure? That's not a scary movie. You haven't seen us try and defend a receiver. Davis Dunkelberger says any of the Halloween sequels is the comp. The narrative around Oklahoma's defense being bad is Michael Myers. No matter how many times you've shot him, six, three, one million, he keeps coming back. And every time it's just as cringeworthy and bad. So that is where we will leave you on questions of the week. Back to Brady and Keegan in the past at Vanessa House. And my winner is going to be Joseph. I actually enjoyed reading yours. That one was fun. Thank you very much. So, Joseph, I'm going to be sending you a DM on the Patreon machine. And you won that frame picture of Bob Stoops, one of my most prized possessions. The one <laughs> that's behind your lamp? Yeah, it's it's perched above my chamber door. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is above the Bob Stoops signed book? 
It's it's on the same shelf. I have a Bob Stoop shrine. Speak it. I have a. Uh, Whenever I like don't kick ass at the gym, I look at that and just go, <laughs> "See, Bob would be happy with that effort," and that's what I don't want. He oh, well, no. uh, it's good enough. Better than most. Better than uh, sitting on your ass. If they don't play well on Saturday, we're gonna be so bad. If, Everybody's if, if gonna OU, be so if bad. If OU loses, <laughs> I am just gonna post game podcast as if the the athletic the Russell Athletic Bowl had just been played. <laughs> like I'm just gonna talk about. I don't know what the play calling philosophy was. Let, let, let's just keep running quick screens to Mike Micaiah Quick. I do remember Clemson's this. playing press coverage. My God. Well, at least Samaj Pirine had 134 yards rushing. <laughs> they put up six points in that game, I think. They missed the extra point. They went for two. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, it's 40 to six. <laughs> Let's make it 40 to eight. I think they went for two. I, I, I was pretty sure they even missed the, the extra point because I think that well, was Michael the end Honeycutt, of Honeycutt. Yeah, Honeycutt yeah, yeah, had yeah, yeah. fallen off the map at that point. His confidence was shot. No. Heard he's doing well, so good. Good for him. I heard he was in prison. Whoa! Or, or I heard he was in jail. Actually, Whoa. I think he went to jail for uh, crystal meth. Whoa. I, I'm not kidding. I wouldn't say that if I was not a like. I was always under. Was the that impression. a couple few years ago? Yeah. Like, uh, I don't okay. know. I don't know if he's still. I think in he jail. got married in, in jail. No, <laughs> I think he got married in DFW this year. Davis, check on that so I can correct myself. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're. I think he got in trouble yeah. after because I think and I think it was dealing with some of the mental health stuff. So um, yes, we've got a fact uh, check here. Uh, Stephen Michael Honeycutt attempted to elude police before he was arrested with methamphetamine, December fourth, and that is in 2016. So that was five years ago. Okay. Well, hopefully he has turned his life around. Yeah, like I said, I think he got. I think he got married this year. Good. So. Good. You know that was even, always even when you go to jail. I mean. In theory, it's you have to pay your debt to society and re- rehabilitate yourself, and hopefully he's done that. And if so, then cool. That's the whole point of that. Mm-hmm. It is clean good. slate. Good for him. It'll be. Uh, he's. He's. God, I was about to say he's closer to being back. <laughs> but we're close to being done finishing this podcast too. So yeah, we're done here. <laughs> Good pod. Yeah, like subscribe now to through the keyhole Patreon. You'll get one free red shirt that says "We're close" in white letters. <laughs> Should we make that shirt? <laughs> Our phones are ringing off the hook with the scoreboard of the, with the scoreboard of the Kansas game at halftime. <laughs> the, this team. Okay, what's what's Lincoln Riley's longest winning streak as a head coach? The one he's on right now. Is he's it on right 16 now? Sixteen wins. Yeah, man. because he inherited a team that was on a. Let's see. They won their last nine games in 2016. That was not a championship or, game year. So they were 11 and they were 11 and two. 11 and two. So they so they won ten games. No, they no, no they won nine games. They won nine games in a row. Who they, did they, they lost to Iowa State? They were five and zero oh. in 2016. No, seven. Oh, se- 17. Yeah, they lost to Iowa State the week before Texas. So they would have been on a 14 game. 14-game winning streak, and Lincoln yeah. would have been the head coach for five five I, of them, I, I think. I believe Bob's longest winning streak was 20. And that was from 2000 to when they lost to Nebraska and Lincoln in 2001. Mm. Lincoln and Barry's, I think Barry had like a 26-game winning streak in the his. Uh. Real quick, real quick, 
Big 12 games this weekend. I mentioned it before we came on. Very important weekend in the Big 12. Kansas State goes on the road. Er, we will find out so much about Baylor. Yes. Yes, for sure. Best offense that they've played this year to this point. Yes. And uh, not the best defense that they've played. Though, and so. I think they clearly caught Iowa State in their the, the ever-popular suck-ass Matt Campbell early season Iowa State experience, unless you're playing OU and Ames in a COVID year and – there are three or four drop touchdown passes <laughs> that had nothing to do with your defense. Yeah, no doubt. And yes, it is a major weekend for for Baylor. And if they win this weekend, Brady, I mean, it's almost set up for them if they can run, win out the rest of the way. I, I think all their tough games are out of the picture. It'll be a uh, that's the team that OU likely plays in the Big Twelve title game. So OSU has TCU. West Virginia on the road. Um, We're gonna Tech. Yes, they go to Lubbock's week. Kansas. And can- they've got Look Kansas out for Kansas. Week. Yeah, watch out. OSU, I don't know if you were paying attention. Kansas is <laughs> they're pretty good. And uh, Oklahoma at the final game. Yeah. So, so basically, if OU wins on Saturday and OSU, what's their first game between Tech, TCU, and West Virginia? I think that's they play Kansas this weekend, and then they have those three games and then Oklahoma. Yeah. I don't know. I think if OSU beats Kansas and wins that next game, I think I think it's going to be Bedlam two weeks in a row. I'm really worried, and not really worried. I was going to say this. Big game in Morgantown this weekend. Iowa State's a seven-point favorite in Morgantown. They need to go cover that line to feel good about themselves kind of moving forward. I've said that a lot this year. Uh, so we'll, we'll see. I, they're, uh, the line kind of shocking to me that it's that low. Um, but oh, let me present a very ahead. funny scenario. Okay. I don't want this to happen. I want OU to go undefeated this regular season because they absolutely should. But imagine. <laughs> imagine because everybody in Stillwater for OSU is going to be like, this is probably the last time we play them Gooners. In Stillwater. And, yeah, OSU wins like a close game, and they just like release all this tension and like, we won Bedlam forever. We're never playing this game again. And then we play them a week later and just beat the shit out of them in the Big 12 title game. It's like they can't even enjoy it for a calendar year. Ah, poor, poor people. But, again, I want OU to just win all their games. I think that's it. Kansas State, TCU in Manhattan this weekend. Kansas State playing better. Actually, it's one of my picks this week is Kansas State to cover that. But, yeah, I'm with you. Texas Baylor, biggest game of the week. I think one of the bigger games in the Big 12 this year because Texas wins that game. They can start to feel maybe good about them going to the Big 12 title game. So it'll be it'll be interesting. They basically Texas plays Baylor. They got uh, Iowa State left. So yeah, the race is heating up. I'm, it'll be a fun week for through the, through the keyhole next week as well. I just did that like two seconds ago. No uh, worries. But uh, but yeah, it's uh should be a, should be a fun week. Yeah. We'll do state of the state of the Sooners. That'll be that'll be a fun fun week. stuff. Looking forward to it. Check out the Patreon page at patreon.com slash through the keyhole. Leave a five star rating and review if you've not done so already on Apple Podcasts. Until next time, everybody, Boomer Sooner. Shout out to Vanessa House for taking care shout of us. Shout out Vanessa. Shout out to Davis. Shout out to Vince. Shout out to everybody that makes this possible. Matt, uh, you. <laughs> I'm glad you were here today. Sorry, man. Other duties called. <laughs> the, the actual actual job call. I'm sorry. <gasps> Whoa. Boomer sooner. We'll talk to you later. Love you all. Bye.